What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Coming up on the Halftime Snacks is a man whose passion and love for sports have successfully driven his career for the last 18 years. Today he is the CMO at Minute Media, one of the leading media and technology focused platforms in sports. Minute Media is the mastermind behind publications like The Players Tribune, 90 Minute, Fan Sided and others. Our guest is responsible for all the marketing functions across Minute Media's portfolio, the production of branded content athlete marketing, and so much more. So you all better get your snacks ready because this episode will be jammed with insights, lessons, and laughs. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Andres Cardenas. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for the invite, brother. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Let's let's kick it off with a quick fun icebreaker, man. I want to ask you, would you rather be locked for a day in an amusement park or in a library? Oh, amusement park. <laughs> that probably puts me in a uh, non-intellectual in a non-intellectual box, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Man, I, I guess that I guess it it's it means that you'd rather have fun than to learn. Uh, Am I right? Or, or, or learning while having fun. Um, no, I look. I'm I'm a I'm a high energy guy. I uh, almost almost hyperactive, if you will. But I'm a high energy guy. I'm a very social guy. I'm a talkative guy and I'm a very loud guy. So I was the guy in uh, um, in school, which the librarian would always ask to shut up or to leave. So um, amusement park <laughs> all the way, man. Public enemy number one of, of libraries. So that's why probably yeah. that's why <laughs> you chose amusement park, man. That's an amazing answer. Plus, in my line of business, you can get most of those books and in, uh, in information online and on your, and on your phone. So <laughs> there we go. That's true, man. That's true. Tons of respect for that answer. Andres, man, welcome to the Halftime Snacks. It's a pleasure to have you to host you finally. Um, some of the goals of the episode to really to learn your perspective about a couple of you know differences in in media and sometimes they compare it to clickbait. Um, I want to learn more about challenges and mindset that you have as an experienced CMO in a big company like Media. I want to know also common kind of like best practices in marketing and branding and maybe talk a little bit about the future of Minute Media. So, what do you think is the one thing that makes a successful media company and how exactly has that value guided your career? That's a good question. I think it, it all has to do about um, the positioning of the brand and how the content or what you're putting out to aligns with the positioning of the brand, right? Um, because if you don't do that, there is short-time success and there's long-time success. And you were talking about clickbait, right? Um, yeah, clickbait will provide you short-time success and revenues, right? But is, is that a long-term strategy? And I think that's a challenge that, that everybody on the marketing side or even anybody in, in, in the media company is, who do you want to be, who you are, what's, what's your brand identity, why are you doing it, and backing that up with your content and, and your initiatives uh, on a day-to-day. Because I think that's what fuels not only the team internally, but the fans um, that read or consume your content on, on a daily basis. 
So it's, 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 it's about being true, being true to your brand and backing it up. Was that something that you figured out at the beginning or was this something with that through experience and through realizing how like there's a couple of companies or media companies that don't really stay true to their brand or their positioning. And then, so you learned that that's really the way that you want to go. I, I learned along the way and it's a tough decision to make. Okay. Right. Because you can't only build a brand and not make money. Right. You, you intend for everything to be a profitable business so you can continue to grow and expand. Um, and the, the very short term revenue is required. Now it's how you go about doing it. That is, that is always the question. It's always a challenge. And, and I don't look, I don't judge any brands that do it. I won't, I will say that we, we have actually engaged in it in the past and, and, and we've, we've changed their ways, call it enhanced titles or there's, there's so many different names for it. Um, but the problem with that is you don't, you don't retain your audience, right? You, you it's, it's, it's a short-term, it's a short-term thing. But more and more and more companies, I'm not going to say they continue to do that because I think it's gotten much better, right? But, you know, the emergence and, and just growth of, of, of social media has really pushed for this and, and, and backed brands and media companies into the corner to, to maybe adopt some of these practices. And look, you see even brands, for example, SportsCenter. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of SportsCenter, right? SportsCenter is the it's 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 an authoritative voice in 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 sports you know you're going to get you know true good sports coverage and news on sports center um if you go on sports center instagram today it has nothing to do with what you watch on television it could not be further apart right you've got things that don't even connect even vaguely with sport um and I, I dare to say that they'll probably do that to drive, to drive, diversify their audience into a younger demographic and drive those numbers up. Um, fair play to them. But for somebody that was a loyal, loyal uh, fan like me, when I'm consuming them on Instagram, I just don't understand who they are anymore, who they want to become. And it makes me second guess their intentions, right? But on the other hand, you've got the young Uh, right, Gen Zs or, or millennials that are looking at Sports Center like this new and young and vibrant fan, and maybe that's their strategy. And if it is, more power to them. So, um, I, I think to make my point is, yes, click clickbait or whatever you want to call it, but I would say probably pivoting your approach on how you attract audiences is is a tough call for marketers and sometimes a necessary one. Um, and it depends on, on what your strategy is and, and uh, what audience you want to attract. Yeah, I guess it's, it's a really tough market out there. And let me explain why I think that. Um, first of all, SEO, which is uh, really words enhancing your positioning and how people find you. That is, that is huge. Like that really leaves us no choice. Me as a content creator, as a newsletter writer, and that as a blog writer around sports, I've realized that, that the power of, you know, good titles and good wording that relates to the content that you're writing and that you want to convey is really, really valuable when you want to bring attention. And we are in the business of attention. Really, we, 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 we cover sports. We talk about sports and technology. But at the end of the day, we are in the business of attention. The more attention we get, 
the higher the higher the probability that we're going to be able to you know gather partners or make money out of it or sell advertisement or whatever at the end of the day it's it's a business of attention i guess that really what differentiates and i want to get your opinion on that what differentiates a really good media company and just a clickbait uh, company is the intention and the amount of negativity that they try to spread, right? Because there's this idea that negativity negativity sells easier or sells a lot, or, it sells really well. Right. Yeah. So I guess that it really is about how like your integrity, how you convey that, and and really the intention and the amount of negativity that you try to to convey and sell through your 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 articles. Do you do you think of something else, or what do you think about about that? So I, look, I, I completely agree. I think it's the difference between tactics and strategy, right? If your tactics are to, you know, integrate S, SEO tools within your content, keywords, the way you structure the, the your, your your article, um, by by all means, that's 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 a must. If you're not doing that, you will die, right? <laughs> Um, now the same thing is, is you're posting on social. The same thing is, is that you're creating video. If you, if you use tactics to make sure that you're able to secure at least some of the attention of fans and viewers and, and audiences out there, um, I, I think it's a must. However, if it becomes your strategy, then it's in my view, it's a problem. If your strategy is purely 100% writing or creating content or video and everything just for SEO or just so you can get that first click on, on, on your Insta or Facebook feed, or so if somebody can see the five seconds of your video, then, then yeah, then you lost your way. That's not a strategy, right? It's, and I think that's, people need to make that differentiation within the media business and content creators. And I think, I think professional content creators know that better than anybody. I think sometimes uh, it's more of the media companies that get a little lost in it. So um, yeah, tactics versus strategy. And if your strategy is clear and you're using tactics to deliver it, yes. But if your tactics turn into your strategy, I think you're you're going downhill, in my opinion. I think that your valuable your words are really valuable, um, Andres. And this is because since you're really the CMO and the leader of one of the you know biggest or biggest in, in their kind uh, media companies, I think that you being able to deliver and communicate these words that you're, you're doing really can um, impact a lot in inside in the team in, in Minute Media and in all the publications that you guys do and through, through the outside. So you really end up conveying that strategy. So I want to double tap on maybe the strategy that you have. What's your mindset towards, you know, delivering good content and consistent you know, quality to form and position your brand as you'd like to to be to to have to have it and to develop it. Yeah. So we have six within Minute Media, right? Minute Media, we're 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 a media tech company that owns and operates also six content brands, right? Um, each one of those brands is different, right? And our strategy for each one of those brands is different. The goals are very are very common, right? We want to produce impactful content, uh, content that connects with the audiences that, that, that we want to reach, right? And we want to do things in different and, and, and engaging ways. And th th I mean, those, those are very broad goals, but every, all of our, our content brands have those goals, but we do it uh, in, in different ways. So 
if you take the Players Tribune, for instance, the Players Tribune is completely different for 90 Men, completely different, right? 90 Men um, is a is a, a fan driven. And when I say driven is we, we cover football in 11 different languages, but not like old school media. We cover it with a fan approach and an opinionated manner because that's who we want to reach. We don't want to reach old, old guys like me that go in and read five, five page football analysis. We want to reach the, you know, the 18 to 35 year old fan who consumes content in a complete different way and wants to know about opinions of people like them, that think like them, that consume football like them, that view football like them. Um, as a, and then you look at the, at the Players' Tribune. The Players' Tribune is, is longer form. It's not long form, but it's longer form. It's giving athletes a platform and for them to tell their stories in, in their own way. And it's a complete different approach, right? Um, however, the tactics that we use to attract audiences are also different, right? So for 90 Min, we have SEO, right? We rely a lot on, we rely a lot on social. We rely on social communities as well, correct? On the Players' Tribune, we rely on our own and operated channels of the Players' Tribune, but we also rely on the earned media that we get when other outlets capture that story. And through that story, they're not only promoting the story, but they're promoting, promoting our brand. Um, so it's hard to say there's a one size fits all. It depends what your strategy is is the tactics that we'll use, we'll use. But by all means, with our, with our brands, we drive SEO. We don't use clickbait, but yes, of course we follow um, the tactics that will allow us to capture attention of fans without, without being, I'm not even gonna mention names, but, but you know, without being one more and using clickbait. We do want our content to live beyond our channel. So we use syndication as well, right? Um, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, okay, and this is maybe an old school opinion and maybe a little bit naive, but your best marketing is your product. And when we're talking about our content brands, that's our, that's our content. So it doesn't matter what your tactics are, right? Um, it doesn't matter what your position, position is externally and how much you make of it. If you don't have quality content, for that specific audience, it's a short-term strategy, not a long-term strategy. And you may achieve a lot of short-term success, but I doubt you'll, you'll, you'll grow into an impactful and meaningful player in, in, in the business. And that's our approach with our content brands, right? That, that is approach with our content brands. But look, it's, it's, it changes every day. It's a, it's a very dynamic industry. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm learning every day I get, well, not every day I go to work, but when I come to work here in my living room, uh, I, I learn more and more and more about an ind industry that's, that's, that's changing day by day. Yeah, I guess what you're trying to say is that given that we're in the content business, it's really, really hard to build a loyal audience that believes and trusts you if you're not being consistent and if you're not delivering value in quality. And what I mean by con by audience is that the reader that read you yesterday is going to be excited to read you today. If he's not, then he's not a part of your audience. He's just part of someone that was just able to see what you're 
content was one time but it doesn't really mean that he's going to be there consistently so i guess that really keeping that consistent uh interest is what drives an engaged and a loyal audience at the end of the day and that's what content uh, brands and content companies are really looking for and i guess that it also applies to you when you're going out and talking to different brands and and trying to convince them maybe not sell them but convince them to work with you you gotta tell them that you have this engaged and con and loyal audience at the end of the day because else they're they're not really going to be interested or they're going to be like okay so if we can get you know x reach on a specific post by the amount of money that you're going to be spending on a clickbait ad on on twitter then we can do it on your on our own so you gotta make that leap between what you can really offer and what really differentiates you from others as you mentioned players tribune is, is a player's uh platform 90 minute is a is a fan fans platform so i guess that really having that niche and that idea of who you are and your identity sets up for what a loyal audience is going to become later for you and then that will help you grow as as you go i think yes it is about it is a, it will always be about how can you grow your audience in a way that they will come back and consume your content. However, the challenge that we have today and everyone has today is um, it's, it's almost impossible. And I'm not say impossible, but it's very difficult and investment heavy to, for you to create a destination, right? You, you could even see, if you take a look at your apps, you must have 45 apps on your phone. How many do you actually you know, open on a daily basis, right? There's very few destinations. And when we're talking about the new generation of, of fan, I would probably put you, right? I would put you into that. You're consuming content from 10, 15, 20, 30 different sources. It's either through social or um, somebody shares on WhatsApp, or whatever that might be. Um, so yes, there's a focus of building, I would say, an audience. But I, I would even go further than that, that it's, how can your content live where that fan and that audience is already consuming content? So instead of always trying to pull them, pull them, go to where they are. And you know, social is the obvious one, but um, it's not only social; it's all other touch points that they have. If it's connected TV, if it's a streaming platform, if it's WhatsApp, right? If it's new technologies, if it's launching of TikTok, if it's our content living on the destination sites that you go. Um, and that might not always help you build your own audience, but it will definitely, definitely help you build your back. So that, that's, that, that's my two cents. No, I love it. I love it. It means, it means so many things for me as a content creator. I see what you mean and I see what you're saying. Is there any other challenge that you think of, about of being a CMO in sports? Each, each part of our industry is different, right? And I started, I started out in the pure sports marketing and I, I migrated to, to media. Um, I'll be a little philosophical and maybe existential if, 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 if you allow me. Um, I think as marketers, we're always thinking externally, right? How, are, how is the brand going to be portrayed externally? How do we position our brand in a way that people are going to... Um, uh, engage with us in X, Y way. Um, how are, how's the B2B in the industry going to see us, right? There's, that's, that's always top of mind for marketers, but sometimes we have to go and start with the basics and it's who we believe we are, 
who our teams and our own people believe we we are right and and i think it's that that's when i say going back back to the basics is really what is your brand identity in my case we have seven brands right seven almost you could argue even eight brands which is and each one needs to have its identity its purpose the key messages that express that and only when you have that was will your external efforts be authentic and connect in a better way and i think sometimes people jump that step and go out and try to try to paint this picture of what a brand is and if you don't have the buy in and the belief and people rallying behind it internally it's it's very difficult to achieve so in terms of challenges i think that's that's a big challenge because as 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 a marketer within my company i have to be an internal marketer first and foremost right i really have to work with the different teams to really define what that mission is what the vision what the purpose who do we want to be who with who do we want to connect with um before going out externally and i think when people jump that um jump that step it it, it could be a a challenge yeah i guess that relating it to an example in sports i guess that it's just like a coach trying to just um put out performances instead of you know preparing their team and going back to the training and going back to basics and learning how to pass the ball and how to shoot to then go to the stadium and have a nice you know performance driven that it is a really a product of that training so i love how you think andreas you're really a coach for uh marketing in internally and i love that uh it speaks a lot about you and about the companies that you you you're you're helping you know develop and grow I wonder what are com sort of like the ideas or what are the, the principles that you think about when you suppose 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 um, a brand approaches you. Uh, I'm gonna say Nike approaches you and they say, okay, so Andres, when I want to work with you, what is the what is the, the the principles that you think about in terms of like pr probably like objectives that you think about when you want to develop brands that are already established, they already have an identity such as Nike. And how do you help them go from one to infinity? Meaning it's not a comp it's not a brand that it's being developed from zero to one. It's a brand that it's already existing and already established. And you want to help them. Uh, and I'm throwing Nike here, but it can be really any other brand that have has worked with you. How do you take that from one to really infinity? Yeah. So I, when we talk about branded content and these these commercial campaigns, I think you separate you you, you separate. There's two types of brands. They're, let's call it the endemic and well-developed or sophisticated brands, the Nikes, the Adidas, the Under Armors, the, the Bose and everything. Um, they know exactly who they are, what they want to achieve. And even though they're always challenging to work with because they are so demanding, rightfully so, they will work for you, work with you because there's something about your brand about your content or about your audience that they want to be a part of. So usually they already come with a mindset is I don't want to slap my logo right across your, 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 your video. I want to be a part of it organically. I want, right. So that is music to a marketer's ears. So I would say they know exactly what they want. Um, and they 
are sophisticated enough to understand that what resonates is when you're a part of something, when you support something, and not when you're owning the whole experience, right? The other bucket are brands that are maybe not as experienced, especially in the sports area as, as a Nike or, or as established or have a little bit of more um, traditional views on branding, right? Those is that they that they you know they want their 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 car in the middle of a player driving their car and saying I love this brand right or you know and they want branding everywhere from beginning to end and I would say those are the ones that we can add so much value to by bringing them closer to what the Nikes of the world done because you're right the Nikes of the world. And then Dadi does of the world. They're 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 the peak of sport and of advertising and of content creation. Uh, they're the goal. Right? Yeah. That, 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 that's like, where everyone wants exa- to get to. Exactly. So when they come to us, they know exactly what part that they want to be be because it supports the Portugal. The others, they sometimes they have no idea, and those are the ones I believe that that we can coach to say look this is a way how you're really going to connect to the fat because if you do it the way you intend to do it you'll just scare them away right you'll scare them away so um i didn't answer your question exactly but what i was saying is no i guess i i i guess that really it's more about thinking that those companies it's not that they're already achieved one they already achieved the infinity so they're already there they're already where they want to be in terms of what they what they like knowing exactly who they want to be now taking those other companies from from one to infinity so that's 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 the goal right so you as a as a branding expert marketing expert you've seen it and you've known how to how to deal with these companies and i think that sets the difference between really developing companies and and brands and brands that are already there so i love the answer i totally i don't think you you didn't answer it i think you just pointed at the right direction of how it's supposed to be um let's talk about a, a, a little bit about uh minute media where do you see it evolving in let's say five ten fifteen years andres any any takes the future of of media the future of uh, platforms that involve technology and companies that are covering the, 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 the sports market, where are they going to be headed in the next five, 10 and 15 years? Oof, 15 years. I don't know, man. 15 years ago, we didn't even have Facebook, but, um, <laughs> look, minute media specifically, um, I believe our future is very bright, right? Um, we started out 10 years ago. This is our 10, 10th year anniversary. Uh, I joined five years ago. We were 65 people, and now multiply that by almost 10, and that's that's our size. Uh, incredible year after year revenue growth, even during a pandemic. And I think that's that's positioned our, ourselves in such a strong way that uh, the sale is is no the wind is is in our sails, and we want to take full advantage of that. And and what does that mean? That means grow, but not only grow what we have today, but grow in new verticals, be that sports betting, be that connected TV, be that new technologies um, that we're even developing in-house 
on how content is experienced, be that video and written and other forms as well. So uh, it's it's a really good time for us. Uh, and uh, the, the sky is the limit. So we're growing our own and operated. We're expanding to two markets. You know, we just expanded the Players' Tribune in, in Japan, in Brazil. Uh, other other markets are, are on the way. We are on the tech on the tech front. Um, we are onboarding many more, more partners, and so there's so many things going on that uh, that it's it's an exciting time to be part of our company. Now, where do I see where do I see the industry, or at least the sports media industry? I would say first is the competition of content creators and content creators is you, Roman, right? You, athletes, personalities, they're their own brands now, right? They're their own brands. They produce their own content. They can have their own sites. They can communicate directly via social. Um, they have their own documentaries. They get their own branded content. Some of them are, you know, innovation officers of companies. And I think they're the ones we're going to pose a huge challenge to traditional tr traditional media companies, and and I think that's you, we're already seeing that trend, but I think it's only going to grow. It's only going to grow. I think we're well positioned for that because we, especially we we already work with athletes, but our technology um, enables not only content businesses like the Players Tribune or Ninety Minute and everything but professional content creators to succeed in their content creation business. Um, be that through video, be that through content, be that through sites, or most importantly, growth in audience and monetization. And I think having our own and operated brands, working with athletes is what gives us an advantage of testing and seeing what is next within the publishing technology that we need to develop to be a step ahead and also work as we're already doing with professional content content creators like yourself, Roman. So, you know, let's chat after 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 this call and maybe we can help you out. <laughs> no, man, I think that you're totally right being that middleman between uh, content creators that are emerging now. I feel like this is this is really because it's we're we're living in in an age where we're democratizing things right we're de democratizing who can publish things and how they can reach their audiences now they don't really need to go through a specific you know uh newsletter or print newsletter as before and and have their voice heard right now you can just open a substack open a news uh newsletter or a twitter account start posting your thoughts start posting what you think and people eventually will will find you if your content is good and then then these media companies are interested in that because they see they see that the democratization of content is really here and being there and being in between that i think that really gives you an edge and 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 an, a a really a, a a leverage for the future to understand as you mentioned uh where the industry is heading and what you know the new and 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 different audiences and generations are going to be asking for that's an amazing andres uh, answer andres i appreciate it man i can't live without asking you a more personal question we, okay. need, we need some more personal uh ideas from andres man what is something you you dream of doing in the next say two to three four five years is there anything that you have in mind something that you dream of doing personally 
Yeah. The Grand Slam of tennis. You playing it? No, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm old. I I I can't even beat my neighbor. Um, but I would. I, I, th would I thought it. you were gonna drop some, you know, catch me at the Grand Slam or something. <laughs> no, I would love. I would love to go uh, into all four Grand Slams. I would love to go on. Go the, for, okay. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. So I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports I'm a sports junkie. So I'm always I have a bucket list for sports, and um, in the football I've done most of them, and uh, in some other sports. So tennis is the one that 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 I I'm I've been I've been to tennis. I was the Wimbledon this this year, and I think it would be the Grand Slam of tennis. Um, and uh, I think that's yeah that would be. Maybe maybe very shallow of me, but yeah, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's in my that's in my bucket list. And no, and, 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 and and learn and learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> I guess that it really speaks about your passion and your love for sports. So that's uh, that's great, Andres. I also see it and I and I love it. I also man want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me in a halftime snack. It has been such a fun time to learn and ask you about all these insightful topics regarding media and seeing how good of a leader you are by being able to communicate your ideas and your your mission your values and the way that you see the industry i feel like uh, it means a lot to be in your team um so if, if you're for minute media you should feel yourself very lucky uh from having andres on your team man can't thank you enough really it has been fun it has been insightful and i've learned a lot so i hope that we can we can do this uh, again in the future andres thank you so much for coming thank you very much for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode hit the subscribe button and leave a review on apple podcasts if you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports make sure you subscribe to the sports tech biz newsletter I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.